Right, is everybody good tonight? Everybody ready to uh, learn some more? How many have been coming, have been here the last three weeks? Yeah. Have you learned a few things the last few weeks? It's been really, really good just as we looked at what's on our mind. I loved with Andrew starting the first week on how we, uh, our thoughts allow us res to respond to God. Sometimes, and he used the example of, well, Alan was playing guitar tonight, but he was in the sound booth back then. Just even how our perspective sometimes causes us to react differently to people and how we react differently to God. And then the second week, he talked about how our thoughts affect how we allow God to respond to us. And sometimes that we don't feel like we're worthy of all the things that God has for us, the gifts, the talents. And then last week, we talked about what's on our mind. And I really talked about how our thoughts affect the way that we lead ultimately how we serve and how we can sometimes get stuck in the mindsets of, I use three different examples of being a slave, being a servant, or even being a volunteer and kind of describe what those three different things sounded like from a mindset, not from a practice. But tonight, I'm kind of excited because we're going to start, we're going to finish this, uh, I say start, but we're going to finish this part four with the attitude of gratitude. Because as we walk through the mindsets that we have and we really become more in tune with who God says we are, what he has planned for us, and we can continue to stay focused on that. The next true step is to truly be grateful for all the things that he's done in our life and what he's doing in the people around us. So I'm going to start first with, I've shared this story with uh, the men a few months ago at the men's breakfast because I was talking about gratefulness and gratitude. Uh, and I've shared a little bit of this, but not some of this. And then I actually shared this story with our teachers at the school a couple weeks ago, just about our perspectives and, and sometimes how we might need a, a change in our perspective. So just uh, sit back and listen to this little story. So one day, the father of a very wealthy family took his son on a trip to the country with the express purpose of showing him just how poor people live. I think it might be more to kind of try and make them grateful for, for what they have. So they spent a couple days and nights on the farm of what would be considered this very poor family. So on their return from the trip, the father asked his son, how was it? It was great, dad. Did you see how the people lived? The father asked. Oh yeah, said the son. So tell me, what did you learn from the trip? The son was quick to answer and said, I saw that we have one dog they have four. We have a pool that reaches to the middle of our garden. And they have a creek that has no end. We have imported lanterns in our garden. And they have the stars at night. Our patio reaches to the front yard. They got the whole horizon. We have a small piece of land to live on. And they have fields that go beyond our sight. We have servants who serve us but they serve others. We buy our food, but they grow theirs. We have walls around our property to protect us. They have friends to protect them. The boy's father was speechless. And then his son added, thanks dad for showing me how poor we are. Yeah, isn't perspective a wonderful thing? Sometimes it makes us wonder what would happen if we stopped and gave thanks for all the things that we had as opposed to 
lamenting about all the things that we don't have. And it's not, this isn't just about material things that I'm talking about. But it, it is a challenge for us to appreciate and be grateful for the things we have, but also our friends. So um, if you put up this first slide, I just want to talk about what gratitude, a nice definition of gratitude is. is the quality of being thankful and showing appreciation. It's a mindful acknowledgement of all that we have been given. When we focus on the abundance in our lives, we discover a greater capacity for generosity, cheerfulness, and contentment. I'm letting that one sink in for just a second. If you, know, you want to reread it, there's a few good things in there. I wrote appreciation, thankfulness, or gratitude. Things I'm not always good, or maybe we are not always good at conveying, or, the t or taking the time to recognize. Sure, we like it when people appreciate us, pat us on the back, tell us all the good things we've done. Who doesn't like that, right? That's our, our, our flesh that loves that. But how good are we at giving back to others? How good are we sharing our gratefulness for what others have done in our lives? Or better yet, can we truly look at the things that we're grateful for in our own lives that we've overlooked? I come back to is our perspective needing an adjustment. Our thought process, the way we think about what we have, not just materially, but what we have in our family. What do we have in our friends? What do we have in our work? What do we have in our social circles? Do we need an adjustment of our perspective and our thought process and be grateful for what we have? Colossians 3.15 says this. I love it. It says, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together. I have a different version up here. I just remember that. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. But the message version of this, and it's verses 15 through 17, I think gives us even a little bit more depth. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. And cultivate thankfulness. Have you ever looked up what the word cultivate means? Not from a gardening perspective or digging, digging or excavating, but looking at it from a personal perspective, I'm going to read that sentence again. Instead of and cultivate, it's, and apply oneself to improving or developing thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives and in, instruct and direct one another using good common sense. Some of us lack sometimes, but the scripture tells us to have good common sense. Sing, sing, sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. Are we applying ourselves to developing and improving a, a thought process and a lifestyle of thankfulness and gratitude? Not everybody likes this next person, but it's a good quote from Rick Warren. It says, in happy moments, praise God. In difficult moments, seek God. In quiet moments, worship God. In painful moments, trust God. But in every moment, thank God. Do we do that? Do we truly stop in every moment and thank God uh, without murmuring, complaining, griping, 
lamenting, wishing, oh, it was different. Wish I didn't have to go through this challenge. It would be so much easier if I didn't have to do this, as opposed to, Lord, just, while I don't like what I'm going through, thank you that what I'm learning through this process is shaping me into the person that you've called me to be. You're, you're causing me to become more like your image. And through that, I'm going to have a greater impact to those that I come in contact with. So what I didn't tell you at the outset was tonight's going to be a little interactive. You don't get to sit down all night, maybe for a little bit. So I'm going to start backwards. And I'm going to say, what does being full of gratitude or gratefulness do for others? A lot of times we focus on ourselves first. I'm going to say, what does it do for others? So go ahead and put that up. It encourages others. It gives a sense of value. It exhorts. It builds up. It builds trust and relationship with those around us. How many try to practice this daily and try to thank and gratify and have gratitude for people around you? Every day? Yeah. That's the goal, right? If that's the mindset and the thought process we set out with, that's a great start. We may not be successful every day, but we try. So I'm going to set the example. I'm going to ask Miss Stephanie Barrett if she would stand up. Yeah. So, and this is not to applaud, you know, make you feel greater than, but I want to encourage you because I'm so thankful and I'm so grateful for your heart of service because she's one of the few people that have served since we started Dinner of the Rock. And you're always here. You always have a smile on your face and you're always wanting to help others. And what that does is it, it exudes a spirit of service and a spirit of excellence in other people around you. And so I just want to say I'm grateful for that. And that you bring a smile to my face when I get to see you here serving. So that's why I pointed at you earlier and said, you got to get in there. So, right? You're welcome. I know we always come to, the, you know, I, I always laugh at conferences because it always feels like it's the front row or the pastors that always get picked on um, or get the word or whatever. So I'm purposely not picking the front row. I'm going to ask Miss Kathy Canova to stand up too. So I, how many know Kathy? Yeah, all right. Tell you, she's got another heart of gold because she stepped in last year when we started the Winter Shelter Network and stepped up in a great way. She spent, I don't know how many nights you actually spent here with the, the single moms and children, but also stepped up in a coordinator role in really helping us. I mean, we had delusions of grandeur of how this was going to work. She was the boots on the ground. And she's the one that actually made it. So I am so grateful for your sacrifice of what you did during that time because it, yeah, the numbers weren't what we thought it was going to be initially. But the lives that were touched and changed because we sacrificed and because you sacrificed is immeasurable. And it's kingdom fruit. And so there's, there's an eternal reward for your sacrifice. And I'm just thankful and grateful for you. So. Do you need another example or does everybody, did everybody get that? All right, so what I want you to do now, we're going to stop for just a second. Everybody stand up. Now, unlike when we tell you to go find somebody you don't know and say hello, I want you to try and find somebody you do know. 
And if you don't know somebody, that's okay. But find somebody you know and tell them something you're grateful for about them, something you've seen. And it may just even be somebody you, you maybe met tonight, and it's just you, you watched them worshiping tonight, and you're grateful for the way that they worship because it inspired you. I mean, something as simple as that. But just go do that real quick. Take a couple minutes. No husbands, wives. Okay, now don't get too friendly. Did everybody get to talk to somebody? Was there anybody not encouraged? I hope not. If not, I, I, I'll have a word for you. <laughs> All right, Phil. All right, so let me, ask you, let me ask this question. Here's the interactive part. Okay, so if, when you shared a word, how did it make you feel? Happy? Fulfilled? Outside of your comfort zone? Yeah, right? All good things. So why don't we do it more? And here's why I'm preaching to the choir. And I'm in the choir. How come when you order your coffee tomorrow morning, you don't stop and say something to the barista? Are you going to pay for your gas? Or one that I, 
I used to be good at doing and I've gotten out of practice was going to a restaurant and the waitress or waiter comes up. I always ask them, well, you get their name, but I'm like, tell me a couple things about you. You get to know somebody and that way you can speak into their lives. But how many of us take the time to do that? Or do we chicken out because of, we're afraid of being rejected? Or we're afraid that we're gonna miss it? Or they'll be offended? Heaven forbid. I always love when people say this because the worst thing that's happened is you may never see that person again. So why not take the, take the chance, right? So let's talk about what being full or having a thought process does for us individually when we have gratitude or being thankful. If you want to put the first one up, I put down it unlocks the fullness of life. And here's what I said. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos into order, and confusion into clarity. It turns problems into gifts, failures into success, the unexpected into perfect timing, and mistakes into important events. Gratitude makes sense of our past, peace for today, and creates vision for tomorrow. What else does it do? What else does it do? This is the second one I wrote. It increases our awareness of God's greatness. And I actually took this. This is from Bill Johnson's book, Strengthening Yourself in the Lord. And this is one of the things he says about increasing our awareness of God's greatness. He says, the enemy lies to us to make, make us think problems are bigger than the solution we carry. When I stay close to the presence of God through thanksgiving, I not only become aware of his absolute ability to invade the impossible, I sense his radical love and delight in me. As I give thanks for the good gifts he's put in my life, I present convincing evidence that he is my father, he is for me, and his opinion pretty much cancels out all the others. I'm gonna read that line again. As I give thanks for the good gifts he's put in my life, I present convincing evidence that he is my father, he is for me, and his opinion pretty much cancels out all the others. As I express my gratitude, I become more deeply aware of it, and the greater my awareness, the greater my need to express it. What happens here is a spiraling ascent, not descent, but ascent, a process of growing, a process of growth in ever-expanding circles around a steady center. We understand God's greatness in our life. And it comes back to, I remember Pastor Jenny shared it, oh gosh, I don't even remember how many months ago, the power of our words. The, when we understand the greatness of God in our lives, it's out of, the, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, but the power of our words. The things that we start to share is God's goodness, his greatness, his mercy, his compassion, his love, and that's going to exude and it's going to impact anybody around you because if you... Say those words, what's your natural reaction? You're drawn to it. We're not drawn to lies, hate, envy, anger, deceit. We don't typically want to be around those, I don't think, right? I don't. If you want to, go ahead. But um, no, I'd rather be around love, compassion, grace, mercy, the goodness and the greatness of God, the characters that I'm trying to have a better understanding of what they are and be thankful for the ones I, I see in my life, 
and the ones that I'm still working on getting a comprehension of in my life. Kay Arthur has a quote, and I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to change one of the words based on a person in this room that gave me a gentle correction, and I like the way she said it. So here's the quote. God is in control, and therefore in everything I can give thanks, not because of the situation, but because of the one who directs and rules over it. And the only way I might change that is God is in authority, not just control, but he's in authority. It, it kind of says that at the end because he rules over it, which means he has authority, but control can be a negative word. And that was what this person said to me. He was like, you're right. You know, when I'm talking to somebody, if they hear the word control, it can have a negative connotation. So authority, some people will respond negatively to that as well, but that's their issue, not mine. Um, William Law is another great quote about staying in the state. We'll put it up. It says, to be always in a thankful state of heart before God is not to be considered a high plane of spirituality but rather the normal attitude of one who believes, Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good to them that love God who are called according to his purpose. So gratitude is a, as a discipline, a thought process, involves a conscious choice. I can choose to be grateful even when my emotions and my feelings are steeped in hurt. And this is so true, it's happened even today. It's amazing how many occasions present themselves in which I can choose gratitude instead of complaint. Which one's easier? A lot of times we default to complaining is easier. As opposed to being grateful and focusing on the good things. So what do you do to help overcome that? How, do, how can we work on our thought process? A couple different thoughts. One, you can begin by thanking him for something little every day. And then every day add something else to that list. I've seen, I've seen people that, uh, you know, keep a journal. And they write the things they're thankful for and they continue a list. And then they go back to that list each and every day. And it, became, and it grows. And I've seen people do stickies on their mirror in their bathroom to remind them. Sometimes it's the promises or the scriptures, but it can also be the things you're grateful for, the things that you've seen God do in your life, where he's come through. If you start somewhere little and continue to add to it, you'll find the numbers are going to continue to grow. They're going to grow wonderfully. And in the same proportion, your subjects of murmuring and complaining will diminish. Because in everything, you're going to find cause for thanksgiving or to be grateful. So what do we have to be grateful for? When you look at your own personal life, what do you have to be grateful for? You want to throw anything out? The Lord. I like that one. I put God. Here's the typical ones I write down. God, life, family, job, house, cars, health, etc. Right? Those typically are the easiest ones that we can come out with. And that, if that's all you write down on your first list, that's a fantastic start. Because if you take the time to really walk through being grateful for who God is in your life, for your life, for your family, and what he's doing in and through each of your family members, 
you truly adopt an attitude and a thought process of being thankful for your job, no, how, no matter how good or bad it may be for your house, your cars, etc. That could take you a little bit of time to truly grasp it all. But can you look at your life further and deeper and come up with other things that you're thankful for? I shared this in the, the um, pastor's prayer meeting yesterday. We, we spent the, the time in his presence yesterday just truly worshiping and just praying and just like, okay, wh what are we hearing from the Lord and things? But one of the things I was talking about was um, being grateful on stones of remembrance. So many times we, we place stones of remembrance for the negative or the bad things that have happened in our lives as opposed to where did I see God come through? Where did I see God work in my life? Where did I see him be victorious and make that my stone of remembrance? Yeah, this bad thing happened, but I want to remember and be grateful for where I saw God at work in my life, not for the bad. I'm not saying I, I would like to forget it all, all the bad stuff, but it helps shape and mold who we are because it's through that process of going through the trials, the tribulations, and the challenges that we have a greater revelation of who God is in us, what he's placed in us, and how we walk through to become this person over here at this stone of remembrance and being grateful for how he acted in our life. A couple more great quotes that go to this point is Thomas Merton. He says, to be grateful is to recognize the love of God in everything. There's a hard word there. It's the word everything. Because when things are good, things are easy, things are great, uh, life's looking great, it's really easy to recognize the love of God in everything. But when you're facing trials, tribulations, challenges, it's very easy to let your thought processes go back to before you realized who you were as a son and daughter of God, not a slave, servant, volunteer, that thought process again. And I think A.W. Tozer says it really good. He says, gratitude is an offering precious in the sight of God, and it is one that the poorest of us can make and not be poorer but richer for having made it. comes back to the power of our words. What we choose to speak over ourselves is the power of life and death. We can choose to speak words of encouragement, words of hope, words of life, words of love, being thankful, or we can choose words of death, despair, discouragement, anger, resentment, bitterness, you know, all the different things that can come with that. Do we like challenges here, right? We like to be challenged? Yes? <laughs> so while this is a personal challenge, what I want you to do now is stand up once more. And I'm not saying, I, I want you to go find somebody. Now you might know more people because you just talked to people, right? I want you to go find somebody, but I, I want you to tell them something that you're thankful for in your life. And you can be as vulnerable as you want to be. You can be as transparent as you want to be. And you may not really know yet. 
you may not have something that you can hone in on that you want to say, start with the, the easy ones. Because, my goodness, that's a good thing to be grateful for, that you have life, that you have a family, that you have a home, that you have transportation, that you have food. Those are, <clears throat> pardon me, absolutely things to be grateful for. But you might have that stone of remembrance, too, of how God did something in your life. And this comes back to when we were doing spirit, uh, the boot camp at the beginning of the year, talking about the fruits of the Spirit and, and the power of your testimony. Well, one of your stones of remembrance may be the exact thing that the person you're talking to needs to hear to help them through, to see where God came through in your life. And they're like, oh, I see that. So don't be afraid to share. So give you a couple of minutes, go around and do, share something with one or two people.
Everybody had a chance to go? All right. Gene, if you want to come on up real quick. So I'm not going to cut you short, sort of, but I'm going to continue on here. I love, you know, as we're sharing our thoughts about what we're grateful or thankful for, comes back to that stones of remembrance when we see, well, one, it should encourage us because we're speaking good things. We should always see hope, but it also helps us face the next big challenge in our life because suddenly we remember all the things that God has already done. And so when we face that next challenge, it's that much easier to do it with God. This is Jean Stephenson. She says she has a testimony. But before I give her the mic, I'm just going to say how grateful I am for her. Um, many of you all may not know, but she's like, aren't you like one of the founding people of this church? And she is, yes, her and Virgil have just, I mean, she has sowed her life as an intercessor. And many of us today would not be here if it wasn't for the prayers of this lady right here. So now I'll let you share your testimony. And I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for you too, very much so. Years ago, maybe 40 years or so ago, I was in a, in a meeting and we were just worshiping the Lord. And all of a sudden the, Lord, the Holy Spirit just fell all over me. And I said, God, what are you doing? And he said, I'm healing your daddy of, of diabetes. I said, I didn't ask you for that. He said, he didn't either. I said, why, why are you doing that? I mean, I was just, you know, conversation with the Lord. He said, because he has such a grateful heart. And, my, and then another time, I was, I don't know if I was praying or how it came about, but uh, same thing, you know, just powerful spirit of the Lord. And I said, another time, I always ask God, what are you doing? He said, I'm healing your mother's lungs. I said, I didn't even know there was anything wrong with her lungs. And I called her and I said, Mom, what's wrong with your lungs? And she told me it was some growth or something. I said, well, God just healed you. And both times, Mother and Daddy both, they went back to the doctor, they were completely healed. But my mom and dad were always so grateful. But you think about a grateful heart and how much God loves that grateful heart. But Daddy would go come home from a trip, and before he'd get out of the car, we'd have to stop, and he'd pray and thank God for a safe trip. They were always thanking God. They were just the people that you're talking about. Gosh, I don't know if I need to say anything after that. <laughs> I had one final statement I, that I'd written down, just expressing gratitude is a rewarding habit that affirms the grace of the giver. Gratitude opens our hearts and it encourages us to savor each gift that comes our way and magically frees us from jealousy of guarding our possessions. It lets us celebrate today rather than waiting for the next level of accomplishment or wealth and it's a reminder that one can always find a reason to be glad. So my challenge for you is we, we've talked about our thought processes over the last few weeks is to always come back to 
for tonight, I'm going to come back to the attitude of gratitude. Is always remembering to come back and be grateful for even the simple things. Making it home safe. Having a bed to sleep in. Having food on your table to eat. May not always be the most comfortable house. May not always be the best house. But it's your house. And where you lay your head is your home. So be grateful that you have a place to lay your head. Be grateful for your health. Be grateful for the calling and the purpose God's given you because there are things that you're supposed to do that no one else can. But if you're not willing to be moldable, teachable, God will find someone else to do it. But his first choice is you. I mean, believe that. I hope so. I hope you believe that you are God's first choice. And you can be grateful for that. So I want, what I want you to do this week is to practice one for yourself. Start that list. Start that little list of things that you're grateful for. You may find it starts off with the simple things. You may find that you start to remember things that you had long forgotten that God had done in your life. And it's a, it's a good thing to remember because it encourages and inspires hope. And you get to share with others because it becomes part of your testimony. And what is, as we've learned, what does testimony mean? Do it again, God. But I also want to challenge you. Get out of your comfort zone. I mean, what we did in here, this is safe. It was quick and easy. But get out of your comfort zone. Don't be afraid. If you step out in faith and say, Lord, I have no idea what I'm going to say to this person because I don't know who they are. But I know if I step out, you're, you're going to be right there with me. You're going to tell me what to say. You're going to give me the words to speak to them. That's going to encourage them. And you, you may or may not know this person. So it's easier to show gratefulness if you know them. But you can always be thankful for a person because they are a person. So that's my challenge for you guys as we leave this place tonight. And I just want to pray for you guys. So, Lord, I just thank you for this awesome group of people in here tonight. Lord, that as we all are continually being equipped and trained to become effective lights in this dark world. Lord, that you continue to hone us, that you continue to uh, sharpen our light so that we can pierce through the darkness, bring hope and restoration, healing, love, grace, mercy, compassion, all the different attributes that you have. We can bring those to, to everybody that we come in contact with. For where there's light, darkness cannot be. Lord, I pray for your anointing to rest on each person in this room tonight. Father, I just pray as they, as they reflect upon the things we've talked about over the last few weeks and even just reflecting on what they're grateful for, that you would bring things back to remembrance, Lord, of like, oh, yeah, remember that time that I did this in your life. Remember that I was there when you went through this. That they would be strengthened and encouraged and rejuvenated with joy of who you are and how you work in their life and how you want to work in the lives of their family and of their friends and of their co-workers, their life groups, of their church, of everywhere they go, Father. And I just thank you for moving and working in us. And Father, that we will have an impact where we work, where we live, and where we play. Father, we give you this night in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you guys. Next week is Brian Finnamore.
And then we are going to do two weeks in June, June 7th and 14th. And then we are going to take off the last two weeks of June and the whole month of July from the Wednesday night service and come back with a whole new series in August. So we've got three more weeks of Wednesday night services. We will do meals through the end of June, and then we're going to take the month of July off from meals as well uh, and relaunch it again with a lot of great things. Um, I, I forget what the count is now. We're 16, 17, 18,000 meals, something like that. So, I mean, God just continues to do it. So if you need prayer for anything, if you need a word of encouragement, if you're going through something rough and you haven't gotten what you need tonight, come down here. Don't leave without getting it. Let us speak a word over you. Let us pray over you tonight. But otherwise, God bless you guys. Have a great night.